Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we are finishing up, or at least starting to finish up, our main mailbag. You guys hit us with some draft questions, and since we are still considering ourselves not quite good enough to <laughs> go into draft stuff ourselves yet, Gavin, we called upon two friends for this first part, two brand new friends that we just we just made recently and came here at the drop of a hat. Uh, we had Albert Gim and Corey Tulliba of No Ceilings and the Draft Act podcast. And I think this first episode is a big winner. Yeah, we, we only needed one question, uh, and it was a great one. Uh, we are debating who we would take for the New York Knicks. Get ready for this. Jeremy Sohan, Tari Eason, Malachi Branham, Shaden Sharp, and your favorite, uh, certainly Alex's favorite, Dyson Daniels. All that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. He's Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And we want to thank you guys for making Locked on Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform or whether you're checking us out on YouTube, we're really appreciative to be part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. He is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. I won't go through the whole process of introducing our guests again because the bona fides are out of the way. Let's just get right in to our conversation with Albert Kim and Corey Tulba. All right, as promised, we are joined by two amazing esteemed guests from No Ceilings and the Draft Dack podcast. We have Albert Gim, uh, who you might know on Twitter as Alberto. Alberto Gim? I never said that out loud. It's Alberto Gim, correct? That's exactly right. <laughs> and Corey Tulba at Corey Tulba on Twitter. How are you guys doing? How's uh, you guys enjoying draft season so far? I feel like this is a very interesting uh, draft to be evaluating, especially with a fledgling site like No Ceilings, where you guys are are like going through your first draft process altogether. Yeah, man, this draft has been a blast. Uh, ton of work for everybody, but you know, doing it with the No Ceilings crew for the first time in such a collaborative manner, I feel like we've been able to cover it in a way that no one else is doing it um releasing content every single day on the website uh, along with all the other you know audio and video content that we do so it's been a blessing to to work with all of the the guys in no ceilings it's uh you know definitely definitely a lot of fun especially be- with with such a weird class mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it certainly is and no better place to start we which i'm sure we've introduced in the intro already but we got 
a number of mailbag questions for our main mailbag. A bunch of those were draft questions, or at least a handful, maybe not a bunch. I don't know how to classify them. Whatever. Four questions were draft questions. <laughs> and so the first one I think is going to be just a whole episode because we're literally just going to use this as an opportunity to pick your guys' brains about all these various dudes. Uh, so Jordan Bub at Bub Jordan on Twitter, who, by the way, asked like half our mailbag questions. It was awesome. He like, legend. He was like, our, yeah, legend. Absolute <laughs> legend. Up. Shout out Jordan. Production He's, credit. Yeah, he gets a production <laughs> credit on these episodes. Uh, Jordan wanted to know if you had to choose one player the Knicks for the Knicks to draft, would it be A, Dyson Daniels, B, Jeremy Sohan, C, Tari Eason, D, Shaden Sharp, or E, Malachi Branham? Uh, Gavin and I have both made our love known for at least a couple of these guys already on the show. Uh, this is like trying to pick your favorite flavor of pizza. As far as I'm concerned, there's very few wrong answers here, um, if any, out of this out of this list of names. But uh, I will throw to you first, uh, Albert. I'm going to start things where I always like to start them, which was Dyson Daniels, my favorite prospect in this whole draft, probably, at mm-hmm. least as far as ones that could realistically be available if the Knicks don't move up. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your your general thoughts looking like on Dyson Daniels so far? Um, Daniels is a guy that we actually just covered recently on the draft deck pod that will be dropping, I believe this week. So whenever this pod goes out, our Dyson Daniels um, breakdown will be dropping as well. But Dyson Daniels is a guy that Corey and I are really big on. Um, he's a guy who played for the G League Ignite this season. He's a, I mean, he's supposedly being listed at six foot eight, uh, which is pretty insane. Um, for your listeners out there who maybe aren't like super, um, in tune with the draft right now. I think like a good player comp that I gave uh, to Corey on our pod that I was really proud of. Um, I generally give a lot of weird nineties comps on our pod. And the uh, comp that I gave, gave was Ron Harper. I think of Dyson Daniels as like a Ron Harper type, uh, got great size can really pass the ball is a developing shooter. Uh, he's really physical. Like he's physically really, really strong. Uh, as we talked about, uh, he's got a really long neck, uh, he's one of these uh, long neck, long torso guys, uh, but he's got a really strong base. Um, to be honest, I feel like as, you know, if, if I could give a little intro on myself, I've been a Nick fan for, what am, I, what am I turning, 32 this year? 30, 32, that's right, yeah. I've been a Nick fan for most of my life, grew up in New York and now I live in LA. But um, looking at this Knicks roster, you look at a guy like Dyson Daniels and he's kind of the perfect guy to grab considering we lost so much when we lost Reggie Bullock. Uh, to the Mavs, and I'm so happy that I nailed that pronunciation because, I mean, he was always Reggie Bullock, and then now he's Bullock, and now I'm really confused (laughs) about life in general. But um, Daniels would be a fantastic ad for this Knicks team because he'll offer so much as a perimeter defender. Even his off-ball stuff, this guy will come out of nowhere and absolutely reject shots at the rim as well. Um, But overall, just a really versatile guy that I think would be a great pairing with RJ. We We know how much our Knicks fans love RJ. He would be fantastic RJ. so that's like my really short or kind of long uh breakdown of Dyson Daniels but if that helps like I think thinking of Ron Harper and what he was like in the 90s might help you understand the type of player that Dyson Daniels is yeah Corey where do do you think he fits in on the Knicks given that they have this this depth at at, at the wing position and particularly an abundance of young wings obviously Cam Reddish was a guy who was starting to come on before he got hurt Uh, I'm a huge Quentin Grimes guy I think he has a whole lot of potential I wouldn't mind if he played 30 minutes per game for the Knicks next year Um, how do you see Daniels fitting into that mix because for me my my like 
vision of this team and what they can be. And this is, I mean, maybe a pattern. I'm exceptionally high on Emmanuel quickly. And I love the idea of just surrounding him and RJ with a bunch of big, rangy, versatile wings. And Daniel seems like just another piece in that puzzle. Uh, I actually think that Dyson Daniels is perfect because he solves a few issues that are on Knicks Nation's mind. One, uh, the point guard situation. He, He did play point guard and he can run the point guard position. And then two, you know, you mentioned all of those wings. I actually think the Knicks need more wings. I, I, when I look at the um, Knicks roster and a little background on me, I'm a born and bred New Yorker, but I'm not a Knicks fan, but I'm surrounded by Knicks fans in my life. Everybody, my family, my friends, they all love the Knicks. So, uh, you know, I, I harbor no ill will. I want them to be successful. That way everyone around me is happy. Um, so I'm very familiar. And one of the things that I think a lot of the Knicks roster, one of the issues is that when you look at the NBA today, you see versatility and guys that can play multiple positions. And a lot of the Knicks, like big time rotation guys are kind of one position players. Um, you know, when you look at like Julius Randall and Mitchell Robinson in the front court quickly, I think, you know, even though he's, you know, half of Knicks Nation thinks he's a point guard, half, you know, believes that he isn't. Um, defensively, he's probably going to be a guy who's guarding one position in a high-level game. Dyson Daniels can swing up and down a roster. He's going to guard one through four. And then if you are going to play him with a quickly, like he could play next to Emmanuel quickly and he'll they could share point guard duties. Um, he could play with RJ and play off the ball when RJ's, you know, running the offense, or he could be the one who's initiating sets. Um, he could switch up and down. He could play with Cam Reddish. He could play with Quinton Grimes. I'm also a big Quinton Grimes fan. So I think that he's kind of like the perfect type of player that the Knicks should be targeting, which is multi-position, multi-faceted, versatile guys who in a playoff setting, to be able to be played off the floor um you know i think when you look at like the chicago bulls you know they were missing that connector in lonzo ball that was a big reason that their season kind of went off the rails you look at a guy like Derek white like i think he brings a lot to a team like the celtics especially when his shot is falling but those kind of guys like that's what dyson daniels is in the modern nba so i think he's like you know he i think tibbs would love him because he plays defense he makes smart plays he doesn't make a lot of mistakes and then he's super young. He's got big positional size. So I'm a big fan of what he could bring to the New York Knicks. All right. We'll be right back to talk about Jeremy Sohan, why he could potentially be a great fit for the Knicks in this draft. But NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? You need to try the award-winning app, PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love this app, and I know you guys are going to love it too. Prize picks is easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers, not you versus a bunch of other players with thousands of dollars of resources and everything else, like some of those other daily fantasy apps. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals, and you can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. There's a variety of options as well. You can pick any sort of props you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. You can also do mixed sport entries. So like you can bet, uh, well, it's not basketball season at the moment, so a little tougher. But let's say that it it hits that magical land where it's like football season and, uh, and baseball season at the same time. You can bet 
Francisco Lindor home runs and also a, uh, a touchdown from Brees Hall on the Jets on your same prize picks entry. All kinds of great options there. For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users as well. Users can get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA to get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. And when you're putting some money down... You want to be thinking clearly, and if you want to be thinking clearly, you need to be as healthy as possible. And there's only one product, at least in my mind, that will get you there, and that is AG1. Um, it's a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was tired of throwing a bunch of supplements at the wall and uh, and trying to figure out, oh man, I have to take this much of this, this much of this, this much of this, and end up spending way too much money and way too much time figuring all that out. AG1 uh, combines everything I need all in on one uh, delicious tasting drink. So what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of AG1? You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all the things uh, I personally, I like to take it, you know, sometimes right before a podcast, right before a broadcast, it just gives me like this very clear focus and energy, it doesn't give me anxiety like coffee would. Um, it, it's kind of the, the perfect middle ground. And, and there's a whole lot of other reasons to like it. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar with no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything that costs less than $3 a day. Plus, they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, well, speaking of guys like that, I mean, you know, we're going to keep things moving somewhat quickly so we get to the ultimate question of ranking these guys by the end of this episode. But uh, <laughs> Jeremy Sohan, I think, in some ways, ticks that box too. Um, so I'm going to throw it right back to you before going to Albert for his his opinion on Sohan. But like, he's a guy that I keep saying I need to look more into because everybody keeps telling me that he's a prospect that I would love based off my. Uh, things that I love in prospects. Um, I love like rangy dudes. I love dudes that play defense. Um, mm -hmm. I'm okay with someone that doesn't have their shot figured out just yet, as long as there's flashes of that. And it seems like Sohan is that as well. Now, granted, he doesn't, the reason I love Daniels is because like, like you talked about, like he's played point guard before, like he's done a little bit of everything. And he's got that, like that size of almost like a, a modern NBA player power forward sort of but is doing point guard stuff or at least guard stuff you know if not quite a point guard i know again big point of contention among knicks fans what is a point guard are you a yeah. are you chris paul or are you not <laughs> right um but sohan you know kind of can do a little bit of that multi-positional defending stuff that you were mentioning it seems like um you know that that seems to be sort of his calling card as well as just being like a great energy player maybe a little bit of obi Toppin in him to a degree as far as a guy that just has a nonstop engine. 
Um, so what are your thoughts on Sohan? And, you know, as far as, again, like Knicks fit, you know, potentially, would, would Sohan make the Knicks fans in your life happy or would he make them sad? <laughs> Let's put it that <laughs> I think that he would definitely make them happy. I'm a big uh, Jeremy Sohan fan. Uh, again, for all the, like, the positional versatility that he offers, he also has the coolest hair, um, some pretty dope tattoos. He's got a British accent. I think he'd clean up in New York. So that's, that's something <laughs> cool. But um, I think that the thing with him is like super young and he, like he's the guy that Masai Ujiri would draft. And that's something that I wrote for No Ceilings. Like what would Masai do, right? He would bet on like the 18, 19 year old kid who's six nine with a seven plus wingspan who can play up and down a lineup. Like in the tournament against North Carolina, you saw him like guarding on an island, um, you know, the, the guards that Carolina has that are shifty and like, and like he was making those game saving defensive plays so he can guard quick guards that he's big enough to bang with like, obviously you don't want him playing like Joel Embiid for the entire game. But if you're just talking about on a switch, like the majority of an NBA centers, he can body up and at least, you know, not be brutalized on the block. And then, like to me, you think about Patrick Williams, you think about OG Ananobi, like that's the kind of guy and trajectory that you're getting with a Jeremy Suhan. And then I think the shot, like he's not hopeless. Like there's some inconsistencies when he's shooting it, but there are a lot of times where he shows some stuff. And then, you know, he's a guy who played, uh, has a lot of international experience. And um, if you go back and watch some of that stuff, he's doing more with the ball in his hands. You know, sometimes these guys that get to college, they don't get to show the whole bag. So I think there is some more wingy stuff that he didn't get to show as an offensive threat. So, again, I like all the guys listed that we're going to talk about here. I love in general and specifically for the Knicks for a lot of the same reasons, but big fan. And I think even though he might not be like, uh, you know, on draft night, maybe the Knicks fans will boo. I, eventually they're going to be, you know, really, really fond of him. Yeah, Albert, how, how skillful do you think he can eventually be as a scorer? Dude, I, I think with Suhan, Sohan, definitely not <laughs> as we talked about. Sohan uh, <laughs> is a guy who I think, as Corey mentioned, is, is, he's going to offer so much versatility with him. And, and literally on both ends of the floor, uh, defensively, as Corey mentioned, he's got the side, speed, speed uh, length, everything that you want in a modern NBA defender. And now, of course, with NBA coaching and experience, that's only going to get better. Offensively, though, I mean, he's got stuff there. Though One of the first things that, I remember saying about him when we covered him on our pod was he's not afraid. That, that's something that you want. Like w- us being New Yorkers, we know we don't like guys who are afraid of the big stage. We want guys who are totally unafraid. And so Sohan is one of those guys. He's totally unafraid. He's not shy about putting the ball up. Um, as Corey mentioned, his shot is a ways away. Um, I would say, if, you know, compared to even like a Dyson Daniels, I think Daniels is much closer than Sohan is, but as Corey mentioned, it's not broken, right? Um, as a ball handler, he's got good handle. He makes good reads. He's a good passer. Just once again, he's a modern NBA wing. And a lot of the guys that you mentioned, they're kind of right in that pocket of very, you know, they're modern NBA wings. And I remember for a long time, we kept ending up with the eighth pick in the draft. And we ended up with some guys that didn't really pan out, whether it was Kevin Knox or Frank Nelkina or whoever, right? But if we end up in that like 10 to 12 range this year, I feel like this is the year where you kind of want to be in that range because there are going to be so many options there that are going to be enticing that will modernize this Knicks team, as Corey mentioned, because we need more versatility. That's what it is. Look at the playoffs. Look at the Suns. Look at all the wings that they can throw out there, right? I really, I actually really like that Clippers team this year. If 
Kawhi ever came back and PG was healthy, they had like a million different wings that they could throw out. Even like Amir Coffey was out there getting good minutes. So when I look at this Knicks team, I, I just feel like we need more versatility and a guy like Sohan who can do things with the ball in his hands and without, and then will offer you so much defensively. That's the type of guy you want to add to this Knicks roster. Just want to throw out real quick, Frank Nilakina. Playoff minutes right now. Oh, yeah. Was, was he a failed pick or did the Knicks fail Frank? Just to say. Um, yeah, <laughs> had to get that in. All right, guys, we will come back one more time with Albert and Corey uh, to discuss Shaden Sharp and Malachi Branham. But before we do that, got to tell you how to make some money because I, I, I owe that to you guys. You, you listen every day. You deserve it. Um, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. They currently have up some fantastic NBA futures, including your NBA champion, the, the team I like the most, or the one that I would be most likely to put money on are the Dallas Mavericks. They are 18 to one favorites. I think there's a chance. I know Giannis is a great case. There's a chance that Luka Doncic is the best player in the world and that he could prove it over the next month, month and a half. I mean, he's flanked by a whole lot of former Knicks. Uh, I wouldn't consider it likely that Dallas wins the title, but I think the odds should actually be better than 18 and one, 18 to one. Now that they've tied things up with the Phoenix Suns, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. But Albert, I'll, I'll throw it right back to you because Tari Eason, I think, is a guy, another guy right in that mold that you're talking about. And, and it seems to almost be like, uh, I mean, to use a different food analogy than Alex, what, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream between him and, and Jeremy Sohan? And like between which one you like? And obviously they both they, there's some overlap there, but they certainly both bring some different stuff to the table. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think people are really going to compare like all these wings are so similar. Uh, they all have their weaknesses. I feel like Eason, though, I like his jump shot more than other people may like his jump shot. The form looks pretty good to me. Um, the thing with Eason, though, that even watching him in, like, that SEC tournament, uh, this is my own personal opinion, of course. I felt like he disappeared at times. Um, I, I didn't think he was popping off the screen as much and as active as other guys. Now, of course, context is also really, really important. That LSU team, I mean, we saw what happened after the season when they let uh, their coach go and everyone ended up leaving. And I don't know, do they have like three guys left on that roster? So there, there seems to be a lot going on or a lot was going on with that LSU team. But Easton is a guy that, look, once again, you start watching YouTube highlights of this guy, you're going to fall in love. He's got all the measurables. He's a big dude, six foot eight, good length. Um, he offer, he, you see it, you'll see it on tape too. He can do different things with the ball. It's just, for me, I think it's, I, is it a refinement thing? I don't know. And I, I actually, Corey and I've actually never talked about Tari, I think, but for me, I personally would lean a little bit more towards a Dyson Daniels or Jeremy Sohan over Atari Eason, but it's more of a personality thing. I think on my end where I felt like Eason would go floating a little bit more than the other guys did. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah, so my my big thing that draws me to Tari is I love the guy I love guys that put together stocks, you know, that put together like events like that, you know, and and he and uh and Keegan Murray are like the two stock kings in this draft, right? Like they they both generated tons of blocks, tons of steals. I think Murray obviously he's probably gonna be a top ten pick because he's just 
I think, a much more complete scorer, which, you know, you obviously have those questions with Eason. Um, but it, I, this is what I, I'm, I've been curious about with Eason, and I'll throw this to you, Corey. I, I look at the numbers and I'm like, man, he, he really did a little bit of everything on the defensive end. Like he clearly offered in some way, some form of rim protection because you don't put up the type of block numbers that he did without doing that, at least to some degree. My question to you is, do you think there is any world where he would be good enough at that, that Tom Thibodeau would be convinced enough to play him and Obi Toppin together? And what's your general opinion of how, a lineup like that would fare. Like, how do you feel about him as a potential? Because I, I know there's another guy that is maybe my favorite draft guy of the last like seven years was Brandon Clark, who is another dude who's like six foot eight, m- way more of a springy athlete, I think, than Eason is. But like similar sort of, you know, it was generating tons of stocks. You know, his was more on the block end, whereas Eason generated a lot of steals. But still, I just feel like there's something to that mold of player right now um, where if you can trot someone out there who can hold their own enough on the defensive end, but gives you a way faster player that can blow by a traditional center. uh, I think that's a really valuable archetype right now. So how do you feel about him as a, a potential small ball five, I guess is just how I'll put it. See, I Eason's a little bit more wingy Mm -hmm. than a guy like Brandon Clark. Like when you ask, like, can he play with Obi Toppin? I think the answer is most definitely yes, but that's because I think that Eason can be a three in that scenario pretty easily. I think he's got um, a really tight handle. His arms, I can't wait to see what he measures at because his arms are obnoxiously long. Right. Uh, <laughs> like seriously. And I'm with you. Like I love the stocks and I love how productive he was. Keegan Murray's going to be a top five pick. Um, so I, it, maybe top six, like six, I'd be surprised if he falls beyond that. So I, I agree. He's a higher level prospect than Eason, but like, I also wouldn't be shocked if Eason slides into like the seven, eight, nine range for a team uh, because he was so productive and he's doing this all off the bench. Like it, it, he was like putting up absurd numbers in like 22 minutes a game. I don't know why he wasn't playing more again. Albert <laughs> explained it was a weird situation at, at LSU, but he was just wildly productive. Now he's a little bit older than some of the other prospects that we've talked about. I think he's 21 closing in on 22. Um, so that certainly helps the productive part of, of what he did. Uh, but I, again, I, he's a guy that's going to play multiple positions. He's going to guard multiple positions. You don't have to worry about him. If he gets switched onto a big, you don't have to worry about him. If he gets switched out on the perimeter on a guard, that's what the Knicks need. So, Eason is a guy that I think I'm a little bit higher on than some of my other like no ceilings teammates um, because I could really see him with the right developmental trajectory turning into an all-star. Like I really can like in, in a lot of ways, I feel like he is what the Knicks fans want Cam Reddish to ultimately turn out to, but Cam Reddish also hasn't gotten better since high school. So, you know, it, I don't want to break any hearts, but you know, Cam to me feels like he is who he is. And that doesn't mean that he can't be a product, a productive player, right? Like he still offers a lot defensively and, you know, he can knock down shots and whatnot, but like Tari Eason, I feel like ultimately has a better chance of reaching whatever the ceiling that we kind of think Cam can get to now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'll, I'll take it in a guard direction for our last two guys. It's uh it's a little compare and contrast for you guys, Shaden Sharp and Malachi Branham. And and to me, I mean, 
Uh, well, I mean, there, there's a clear consensus on who everyone prefers, right? Sharp, most uh, overwhelmingly likely to be gone if the Knicks don't move up in the draft. I, I really can't imagine a scenario where he reaches 11. Uh, while Branham, uh, some people would consider a little bit of a reach at 11. I'm personally a huge fan of his game. And I, I'm curious what you guys think of the two of them, because obviously Sharp is sort of the mystery box, right? Didn't didn't play a second of college basketball. While Branham's this guy who was at least by NBA draft lottery standards, not particularly highly rated as a recruit. I think ESPN had him 34, 35th in the country, but does have this pretty good track record, like hyper-efficient season in arguably the toughest conference in America, had a monster NCAA tournament game. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it to you first, Albert. What, what, what do you think of those two guys? Well, okay, when we're talking about Brandon, Brandon's a guy I've loved for a long time. And uh, Brandon, the thing with him, the not making is silly. Like, it's actually insane. And I loved what you said, Gavin. He was a freshman, and he was just going and getting buckets. And it's not like he was inefficient about it. He was unbelievable as a freshman. I think he averaged, like, what, 13, 14 points a game, good efficiency. And you you see it. And the thing that I love, this is me. Uh, I think Corey and I, we've talked about this a lot in the past, too. Like, you, you watch playoff basketball where things slow down. You need guys who can go and get a bucket in the mid-range. And Malachi Branham is going to live there. He's going to be so good just scoring from the mid range, but he can also extend it out to three. He's an unbelievable shooter, but here's the thing with him that um, I believe uh, one of our um, no ceilings cohorts where they were talking about recently, his playmaking out of the pick and roll is fantastic as well. So we're talking about a guy who's going to come in and just from day one, going to be able to go and get buckets, but is also a high level playmaker out of the pick and roll is I mean, what kind of team would not like that? I think for me currently on my big board, I have him at number 10. So if he's there at 10, 11, 12, wherever we end up, even in the top 10, like 8, 9, whatever, there's no issue with taking a guy like Brandon because he's going to offer so much from day one at such a young age. So um, Brandon is a guy that I absolutely love and I think would be a great addition to this next team because he's a guy who can create for himself. He's going to go and get buckets by himself and he doesn't need to rely on anyone, you know, making those opportunities for him. So I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, Corey, throw that right to you. What do you, what do you think about Branham and, and uh, Sharp as prospects? Yeah, I love Branham. You know, one of my regrets from scouting this year is, you know, I went to, a, I saw a lot of the big 10 guys live this year and, you know, I coach out on the island and uh, we had a playoff game on the day that Rutgers played uh, Ohio state. So I was really upset that I didn't get to see him and EJ Liddell live, but I love him. The guy's always shot ready, you know, like with or without the ball in his hands, he contributes. I think that he's going to be kind of like a little bit shorter version of Chris Middleton to where like, he's just a perfect complimentary piece. And again, like if you need him to get a bucket, he absolutely can do that. But if you need him to play off your stars and spread the floor, like he can also do a killer job of doing that too. So I, it's super easy to fit him into a lineup. I think, yeah, I had him at eight or nine, maybe on my big board. Like I just love him. He's unbelievably efficient. He is just a, a, an absolute sniper from behind the arc. And it's so easy to see how his game is going to translate. And he's super young, you know, uh, with sharp, you know, it, look, the, the unknown thing is obviously it's hard because if you look at Peyton Watson from UCLA, Patrick Baldwin Jr., Jaden Hardy, like these are all guys who also came into the year with all of this pre-draft hype. And now it's like some of them might get drafted in the 20s, some might go in the second round. So you never know what you're getting. With that said, I currently have Sharp third on my board. 
overall. Because I think when you do watch his film, there is a smoothness and how he gets to his shot is there's an effortlessness to it that you can just tell like the way he moves kinesthetically is special. And that's like ignoring the fact that he's an obnoxious leaper and he has this crazy bounce outside of like these big time, you know, switchy swing wings. The other thing you need in the playoffs is buckets. And like, this is a dude who has all of the obnoxious combo moves already. Now, if, he is selected by the Knicks. I do think there's going to be a learning curve and he's not going to be a guy who comes on right away. Anthony Edwards didn't come on right away. Jalen Green didn't come on right away. These guys take time because you want them to play with the ball in their hands and they have to process the game. You know, it's hard to, you know, learn how to make all the reads in a a pick and roll against NBA defense. And it's even harder when you're coming in from high school and you haven't played organized basketball in over a year. You know, Jalen Green was struggled and he was playing against pros in the G league, you know, like Anthony Edwards playing college basketball. So so it's going to be a process, but I think ultimately his upside is so ridiculously high at a premium spot. And I do think that he's a guy that like, while he's projects as a two and you could say there's some overlap overlap with Quentin Grimes, who again, like I absolutely love and can't wait to see how he develops. I think he could play next to Grimes. I think he could play next to RJ. And I think that he's versatile enough with a big enough, long enough wingspan that, you know, you could, get creative with him so i you know branham's the proven product but sharp is the mystery box that you might you know it's the lottery ticket and he's a guy that could be a star so if he's if the knicks are in a position to draft sharp i and they do it i like to me it's a no-brainer yeah albert i i threw this one at your your co-worker alex but but Corey just put the names out there how does he kind of compare and contrast to two guys like Anthony Edwards and Jalen Grinby's to me again, very admittedly having not watched a ton of him, like just in terms of mold, like guys with like insane run and jump athleticism and, and just like crazy intuitive scores, all, all three of them. Um, where, where, where does he fall into that mix? No, I, I actually love what Corey just said, because when you watch him, the fluidity with him, just, it doesn't make sense. It looks like he was literally born to play basketball. It's so natural. And it's one of those things where, like, when you're a kid and you watch certain players play, you're like, oh, I want to play like that guy. I feel like Shaden Sharp is going to be, like, a prototypical, just aesthetically beautiful to watch wing. Um, we've already seen some tweets and reports out there that he's going to get to the combine and just absolutely destroy things out there. Uh, we've heard that he's going to break the all-time record for the vertical leap and all that stuff. And it shows on tape, man. It When, when he gets going, like, he's not just fluid. He's also strong. Like, he has a great NBA frame that I think is only going to get better. And then once he gets downhill, it's, it's terrifying. This kid can get up, and he'll get up quickly. He'll glide. He'll get up there fast. He'll get, get up there with, like, authority and strength and power. And there, there's just so much to like about him. So, And then you take that plus what Corey just said about the shooting and the scoring ability. And watch the shot, guys. The shot is pretty. It's a really pretty-looking shot. And he, as Corey mentioned, he gets to it easily. Those combo moves are nasty. Uh, when you watch um, him play in high school, like, he, could, he essentially got any shot that he wanted. And it was easy for him. So you take a guy like that, if somehow the Knicks, we finally get some good juju in this draft, man, Sharp would be an unbelievable selection because he's got that star potential. Like truly, like that's the type of guy you want to bet on. So as Corey mentioned, right, and Anthony Edwards type, Josh, uh, wow, I almost said Josh Green, uh, Jalen Green type, but hey, Josh Green. 
A little different. Um, yeah, a little different. <laughs> if you've got a shot to get a wing like that, you kind of have to take it. And as Corey mentioned, I could see him playing with Grimes and RJ no problem because Sharp is a guy who can shoot off the catch as well, and he's only going to get better. So I he's a guy that I'm absolutely in love with as well. I have him fifth on my board currently, but that should tell you guys. I mean, if you're a Knicks fan and you're not too familiar with the draft yet, watch a guy like Sharp and he'll kind of blow you away. All right, so we've reached we've reached the ultimate part of this first question. We've talked about all the guys. Uh, I'm going to say, does anyone oppose to just leaving Sharp off the ranking? Because I think we're all just going to put him number one. Correct? I I don't I I know I certainly would, and I love yeah. some of the other guys on the list. Um, but I <laughs> I think he's in a different class. Um, I think that you know maybe the mystery box nature scares some teams away, but I don't think it would scare away ten teams. So I, I don't think it's entirely likely that he would be available to the Knicks. So we'll we'll hone in on the other four. Uh, so, Corey, I'll throw it to you first. You can give as much or as little exposition as you want as far as why you would rank them this way. But from one uh, – let's say from four to one, counting down from, from uh, you know, least best fit to best fit. Uh, although, as, as we've said, all of them, I think we could reasonably see any of these guys playing for the Knicks. Um, how would you rank Dyson Daniels, Jeremy Sohan – Tari Eason and Malachi Branham, if you were going to rank them as far as which ones you think would be best for the Knicks. Um, okay. So at four, I would have Tari Eason. Mm-hmm. Uh, at three, I would have Jeremy Suhan. Two, Dyson Daniels. And at one, I would have Malachi Branham. Okay. How about you, Albert? Yeah, I, I literally have the same order. And for me, it's as simple as that's kind of where I have them ranked on my board. And mm-hmm. I think with where the Knicks are, I, I think you got to kind of take the best player available there. And these are wings where, once again, we're trying to modernize this Knicks team. Take the top wing that's up there on your board, grab him, and feel great about it. So, got the same order. Gavin, do you make it a three for three? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a three for three. And I I, I, I want to say <laughs> I, I did have it before you guys said it, but I feel a lot better about it now because I'm, I'm in love with Branham. And if, if, honestly, the, the greatest thing to come out of this podcast is that that feels really justified in my mind now. But Alex, what about you? Uh, I'm also the same, except I'll be the one guy that makes a change. I would have Dyson over Branham. I mean, it. I, I think they're two really great prospects. I just really like, I, I like can't get these like switchy Knicks lineup fantasies out of my head. And it's not to say that I think Branham is, you know, seems like he's pretty lengthy and whatever, like which will bode well for him in the NBA. But Daniels, I just look at him and I'm like, okay, I've heard from a couple people now that like he might realistically be the best defender in this draft. And if that's the case, and if he's as switchy as he looks, and if he has the guard skills that he has and everything else, I'm like, man, I could just imagine these just like terrifying lineups where he's out there with RJ Barrett and Quentin Grimes. And like, I mean, that could be your your one to three in, in a particular yeah. lineup. And that's oh, yeah. horrifying for opposing teams. Like, that is really, really scary. Uh, that's like a really good defensive front line there. And then leaving, you know, potentially Mitchell Robinson in the middle to clean up, at, you know, any small little cracks in the dam there. Like, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome to me. So I think that's why he shot forty one and a half percent from three over the last ten games as well. Yeah. So yeah, I know, try not to read too. Shoot it too. Yeah, he can. When it looks on, it looks on. I, you know, it, it seems like at this point he's still figuring out the consistency. But hey, even if he turns into a 35% three-point shooter and he can do it, you know, off the dribble and off the catch, I think that's a damn good player. 
Um, but guys, uh, we're we're recording this all at once, but this is going to be a two-parter. I want to just give you guys the floor real quick uh, to promote you know yourselves and the podcast for the end of this first episode, and then obviously if people tune in tomorrow, they'll be able to hear you guys again. But uh, did you want to just? Uh, I'll throw it to you first, uh, Corey. Do you want to let everybody know where to find you on Twitter and and all that good stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Tulliba. Um, on YouTube, the NBA Draft Dude, uh, the Draft Act NBA Draft Podcast, and of course, NoCeilingsNBA.com. We release content uh, six days a week. It's free to subscribe. It'll be delivered directly to your inbox. So uh, a ton of great, uh, great draft guys, some of which have already been on the show. So absolutely make sure you subscribe to that. We're really making the rounds. Uh, and and <laughs> Albert, uh, do you want to let everybody know where to find you as well? For sure. You can find me on Twitter at Alberto uh, Gim. The toe is like the toe on your foot. Uh, it's a weird email address that my friend gave me back in high school, and I just never got rid of it. And then I just applied <laughs> it to my Twitter account when I was in college. So that's the really interesting story behind that. Uh, you can also find me as the co-host of the uh, Draft Deck NBA Draft Podcast with Corey, also part of the No Ceilings Collective. Our No Ceilings, uh, we also have a YouTube channel. Uh, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's uh, No Ceilings TV, right, on YouTube? That is correct. Um, that is correct. Yeah, you'll find all kinds of content. Our podcast uh, videos are on that channel as well. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it about me. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on for this part, guys. But, as we said, we'll be back with another part tomorrow with Albert and Corey talking about three other questions that came up for the May mailbag uh, and some more I would say broad, broad strokes draft talk uh, rather than this focused discussion. So tune in tomorrow. We'll be back. But until next time, thank you all for listening. Peace out. Talk to you all soon.